This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. Now, I have been in the franchisee franchisor relationships and in those businesses. And many a time it gets defined by not the best of relationships. Somehow there could be an infl- inherent conflict of interest. But then you find a leader like Greg Graber. And what really intrigued me is how he is being successful in building brands, especially being in the franchise industry. Greg is the CEO and founder of Heritage Restaurant Brands, the franchisor of 35 restaurants, including Huckleberry's Breakfast and Lunch, Cool Hand Luke's Steakhouse, and Porco's Cafe Grill. Greg is results-driven restaurant executive with extensive senior leadership experience. His diverse management portfolio includes operations, marketing, facilities, and construction, uh, facilities and construction, development, purchasing, HR, and new product development. And this is another area that intrigued me because many a time in restaurants, we get very focused on one area. And I really would love to get the total perspective from Greg today. Greg has held executive positions for a variety of segments in the restaurant industry, including polished casual, family, buffet, and casual dining. Welcome, Greg, to Secrets to Win Big. Arjun, thank you so much for having me. So, Greg, let's start by talking about, you know, congratulating on an amazing career, which again is evolving and great days are ahead. But what got you into the restaurant industry? You know, uh, I started uh, Arjun in in our business, uh, much like many other uh, restaurant owners and restaurateurs in our business, I started waiting tables. (laughs) And uh, as I was became drawn to the business, enjoyed the interaction uh, with guests and uh, saw the opportunity to delight them. The, uh, the competitive nature of our business, uh, it wasn't too long before uh, the group that I was with asked me to be an assistant manager. And so then I just worked my way up through the system um, as an assistant manager, general manager, over the years opened up lots and lots of restaurants and then uh, crossed over to the corporate side uh, you know, at some point, uh, mainly so that I could help uh, develop processes and systems out there to help uh, restaurant managers uh, do, a, do a better job of taking care of our guests. Mm-hmm. So with that experience of both starting with waiting tables and then yeah. as you moved up, how has it helped you when you got on the other side to connect and relate to what is needed to be successful at each one of those jobs? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, for, for us, uh, you have to have a compass. I mean, you have to know where you're going. And uh, once you have sort of a brand identity, it really doesn't matter what level of the organization you're communicating to, because it becomes very, uh, it becomes very natural. And so some people want to change their, their management style or change their communication, whether you're talking to a server or an assistant manager or a district operator or a CEO, um, really, um, you know, your the brand is the brand. And mm-hmm. so to be able to effectively communicate that really gets everyone sort of an understanding of the culture 
Um, and so I found that, um, uh, that that's been very helpful. I love that. So as a franchisor, you know, how do you create a win-win culture with franchisees and the franchisor organization? Yeah, I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? Is how do you, you know, sort of develop that harmony mm -hmm. uh, where, where both sides uh, get to experience victory, get to experience mm -hmm. winning. Uh, when we started Heritage in 2016 and uh, bought the company, I'll use our Huckleberry's breakfast and lunch brand, uh, you know, for instance, the first thing that we did was got our, we got our franchisees together in a room and said, all right, let's call this a brand summit and let's get an understanding from them and from our purview of what's the fundamental nature of our brand and what's the personality of our brand and what's the positioning and what things can we be known for? Because I think I think Arjun to, to start down the path without knowing where you're headed can be very difficult. And once we can come to an agreement, like this is our brand and this is who we are, we then went to work on what I'll call the three pillars of the business, which is our Southern inspired food, uh, the place and the unique atmosphere. And then of course the hospitality. As we started building that, make no mistake. I mean, th those meetings are, are good. Uh, they're interesting, they're fun. It sort of sets a roadmap or a compass for where we're going. Um, but then you have to put in the work. You have to put in, pour into the foundation of the brand. And that's, a, that's in all areas. Uh, and then it's not just the work, it has to show results. And once we start getting results, I mean, at the end of the day, we exist to improve the sales and profitability of our franchisees' restaurants. Once we started seeing those results, the buy-in, the commitment mm -hmm. started happening. And then we, we really embarked on a mutually beneficial relationship and kept, uh, kept our eye on the prize as we worked towards, towards you know, the goal. And um, actually it was our own franchisees that came back to us and said, we like what's happening, now we want to grow. So unit growth is uh, the result of doing things right. Mm -hmm. not the definition of it. And so we just tried to do a lot of things right um, and then partner with our franchisees to build more and the brand is really starting to take off. I love that. And, you know, to me, a great culture, team building, as well as yeah. a winning formula. Right. It's about winning together and winning together in a fun way. How can you beat that? So <laughs> in this world where we have this labor shortage, supply chain challenges, how are you? navigating through that to make sure that the brand doesn't get diluted? Yeah, I mean, let's start with uh, uh, labor shortages. I mean, there's no doubt uh, that in our industry and in many industries, um, uh, not just getting people, but getting the right people um, can be a challenge. And if we could sort of go back, you, can't, um, you cannot wait until there's a labor crisis or a labor shortage to start doing the right thing for your people. Um, it doesn't come off as genuine. There's no program that you can put together that all of a sudden, oh, now you care about us as, as team members. And so this starts, uh, you know, back, back with the brand summit that I referred to five years ago and really getting our team members to understand who we are, what we're all about, what their role is in accomplishing the, the greater good. Um, and then when something like the pandemic hits in uh, March of 2020 and things are, are a challenge, um, you can't sugarcoat things. We have to be very honest and very upfront with our team members. And we honestly made a decision that we weren't going to institute uh, anything during the pandemic that we weren't willing to live with post-pandemic 
And that helped us stay true to who we are. And then we constantly communicated with our team members, even if those communications were difficult. Mm -hmm. The result of that has been, um, you know, it hasn't been easy, uh, but all of our restaurants, the majority of them are staffed. And I give a lot of credit to our franchisees, all the credit to our franchisees. Uh, brand success is one at the local level. And so is employee relationships. Uh, mm -hmm. They have to understand where we're headed, but that's where the win occurs is on the ground. Love that. And how about the supply chain challenges? Yeah, that's, um, that's another thing that, uh, of course, is, is a challenge. And so um, that one we're allowed to stay a little bit more in front of. I mean, we've had some surprises for sure. Um, uh, in some cases, the surprises were um, uh, a great surprise to have because our sales volume were much higher than anticipated. And we went through our con contracted amounts sooner than we anticipated. Um, I think that uh, great communications with your broadline distributor, whoever that is, um, staying on top of that and communicating and then making sure that we communicate with our franchisees, not after the fact, but ahead of time. Hey, there's something, there's going to be something happening next week and they want to know. It's not that they can't, uh, that they don't understand that there's challenges. Mm -hmm. It's when there are surprises that could be avoided, it doesn't allow time to plan. And so uh, great communication with the distributor and then going back to the individual manufacturers as well in many cases and setting up okay, um, sort of if-then statements, right? If we run out here, then we're going to move to this product and then we'll go to move to this product. And so having two or three products for each one in queue has allowed us to sort of stay ahead of the game. Wow. So that's a lot of planning ahead. And you know, I really like that statement that you talked about, especially when you were talking about labor shortages. You cannot wait for a crisis like a labor shortage to happen to start doing the right thing because then it looks really fake. And so now, you know, taking a step back with all your years of experience and your wisdom, what would be your advice to others who are thinking of getting into the franchise business could be in restaurants or anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is do your homework. Um, do not go into something because uh, uh, just because you have a good consumer experience, that's certainly a part of the equation. Uh, but there's so much to ask and learn. And uh, the best way to, to learn is to talk to individual franchise owners of that brand, find out what life is like on the day to day, right? Mm -hmm. Find out, um, you know, sort of the things that make them crazy and the things that make them excited. And, um, you know, I think that you want to get with a, uh, with a brand that's growing and the restaurant business in particular, um, you know, there is no substitute for, under, for understanding our business. Mm -hmm. for understanding the cause effect. And so I've got, um, you know, a couple of good friends that uh, love Huckleberries and wanted to be involved, wanted to be involved. And the first thing I told them was, I would love to have you as soon as we find somebody that knows how to run a restaurant and, and, and be your partner. Um, because if you don't understand the business that you're getting into, you're going to be ill prepared uh, when challenges arise. So I just say, do your homework. Love that. And, you know, during my days at Papa John's, when I was VP of marketing and operations, I was really fortunate to get to know John. And he had a very simple concept was he felt his number one task after taking care of customers was to make sure franchisees are making money. Yes. And 
you know, one of the things that was the part where what he realized was most franchise organizations, many a time they take money at different pockets of a franchisee, yeah. you know, from food a little bit from here and there. And by the time the franchisee pays everything, all of a sudden there's a big hole in that pocket. Right. And that would be one of the things that he always wanted to know was who is making money, who is not. And if somebody is not making money as a friend, he would love to have a conversation by saying, what can I do? And that's the part I really, really loved about the proactiveness. Yes. And, you know, there's another gentleman I got a chance to meet called Bob Bufundo. He was working for another pizza chain, a pizza buffet chain. He would travel as a president just to meet franchisees to find out what works and what doesn't work. And his thought theory was just to take best practices from what works, find a process to roll it out. And that's the part where I really, really love Bob Bafundo is incredible, simple that is there. And your words really connect to that. So now let's take a step back and look at is Greg, let's say after a long day, you walk into either a coffee shop or a restaurant you know, or a bar, and you meet these two people who are somewhat familiar. You realize one is Greg Graber, 16 year old, one is Greg, 100 years old. What would that conversation that evening be over a beer or a coffee? Uh, boy, that's a great question. I would think that the 16 year old Greg would look at me right now and tell me that I'm eating very well. <laughs> I'm trying plenty, plenty of plenty of product. Um, you know, uh, you know, when I think when you go back and you think about the grand plans that you have in life uh, when you are a teenager, when you're thinking about things, I, I would have never imagined uh, that I would be in the restaurant business. You never know where life is is going to take you. Um, I did think that I would be in some sort of an arena uh, that would involve relationships with uh, people pouring into uh, relationships Um with folks, allowing them to better their lives in some way. And so I think in that regard, the 16 year old would tell the today to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, I think the hundred year old Greg would look back and um, uh, would give me the advice that opening restaurants and building business is such a small part of life mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, uh, the reward is in the uh, ability to give folks the opportunity to grow and to better themselves and uh, leave a heritage, so to speak, for their family. Um, but boy, that's certainly not what life is all about. It's just a it's just a part of it. And so um, I would hope that he would say that the 100 year old Greg would look back and say, don't forget who you are, uh, no matter what's going on. Don't forget what you stand for and really care about the things like relationship with God, relationship with family, um, and bettering those around you, because that's what's going to be lasting. Yeah, I'm so glad you talked about that. When I talk to people, meet leaders, I really find them, I can put them in three different groups. Group one plays in one dimension, the x-axis. Right? Mm -hmm. They are great in doing what they do, and people see value, and they get paid a lot. Then there's people who add a y-axis, which is not only they're great, now they're also having fun. Like you can see a smile on their face when they do that. And then there are people like you, Greg, there's a third axis, which is making an impact on people and changing lives. Because, you know, I grew up in India, Kolkata, India, and growing up, my grandma used to tell me about this incredible folklore song, which translates into English as 
if you write your name on a piece of paper, it'll over time fade. If you write your name on a rock, it'll erode. But if you put your name on the hearts of others, that will stay forever and you enrich others. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Mm. Anything yeah. else, Greg, you want to talk about before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I think that as a, uh, you know, as a leader, um, you can start off um, and, and invest in people like we have, like we've spoken about. Um, but there's a unique result that occurs. And uh, that result is it uniquely impacts you. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you, you really get more back uh, than, than, than what you give out for sure. I love that. So truly appreciate that, you know, you were very kind to answer every question I asked. Do you have any questions for me? Well, I mean, uh, Arjun, you've been around the block. You've interviewed, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of uh, experts in the field of franchising and many other fields. Um, you know, what advice would you have for me as someone who has, um, you know, been tasked with, we're building this, this Huckleberry's brand from seven restaurants and we're up to 20 now and we've got another 10 next year coming. So what, what would you say that I should watch out for as, uh, as we really start to gear up for growth? So to me, it's very easy. There are two things I would advise. One is never stop being Greg. Mm -hmm. Because to me, in a culture where we get, you know, all these advertising that has been going on for a while is be like Mike. Why do I want to be like Mike? I want to be Arjun. <laughs> you have to be, you know, that's the part where sometimes we get tempted because you are already on a track. And second thing is dream big. And sometimes, many a time, like, Papa John's John started where he could not find a job after graduating from Ball State University. In Jeffersonville, Indiana, his dad had a lounge called Mixed Lounge where Goofy John was bringing pizza to the coat closet to give it free to customers. So think, this is a man who could not sell pizzas. He was giving pizzas free. And the thing is, he never stopped believing in himself. So next time my request is, if ever you doubt where and how far you can go, just look at a Papa John's logo. Mm. As of when I was there, we were planning to change the logo and everything else, of course. You know, then I just asked the goofy question before we spend the 30 or $40 million. What was the origin of the logo? And I realized that when John and his wife, Annette, when they were together one night, they were planning to create a logo. They didn't have the two or $3,000 needed. They had a coat hanger and a red and a green marker. So Papa John's logo, when you look closely, is a coat hanger, Papa John's, that's it. Yeah. And I just felt logos are logos. But I would rather have that story instead of having a cool, sexy logo that tells me and reminds me all it takes is a marker, two markers and a coat hanger to create a billion dollar brand. And that's my big request to you is you are on an incredible journey. Your journey is only yours. And be proud, no regrets, and dream big, my friend, dream big. And do it your way, do it your way. Don't be like Mike, be like Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Arjun, I appreciate that, uh, that very much. Uh, uh, we are surrounded uh, by uh, great people mm -hmm. here at Heritage and uh, boy, I just give them a lot of credit for, 
for what's happening. And uh, I'll do my best to continue to lead them uh, uh, into some great, great things. And I love the way you kept it very simple, faith, family, making impact on others. I love that. Like to me, if you have that figured out, my friend, or to you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Greg. Truly appreciate this and we'll stay connected. Thank you for the conversation. Thanks for sharing these nuggets. Thank you, Arjun. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.